alongside my critic of finding crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And San Fernando's own Doughboy. What's good? And this is another episode of Retrospect Reviews, the hip hop edition. So today we will be talking about two albums, both of which will be celebrating their anniversaries uh, this month. The first is 1993's Black Sunday, which was uh, released by the West Coast Latino group Cypress Hill. And the second album is Teflon Don, which was released uh, roughly eight years ago. Yes, eight years ago, actually, from the boy, kind of, <laughs> Ricky Ross, a.k.a. Rosie. So, yes, mm-hmm. we'll be talking about both of those albums, right? So, um, But we'll start off first with uh, with Black Sunday. Um, before we get to the album itself, right? So, a couple things I have to confess, right? So, one thing... Um, I will not call myself the biggest Cypress Hill fan, but I do uh, understand their their place in rap music. They have carved a niche of their own, which is this sort of grimy West Coast hip hop, uh, well Latino hip hop, I should say as well. Um, and also, second thing I want to confess is I've only listened to three of the albums. That was the first three. First one being uh, the self-titled Cypress Hill, Cypress Hill, Black Sunday, and Temple of Boom. Yeah, tem- Temples of Boom. Temple is Temples. Of, of Boom or Temple of Boom? Yeah. Whatever Temple it is. of Boom. Right. So, um, Cypress Hill, the first album was pretty good. Uh, well, it kind of reflected the hip-hop of the, of the early 90s, which is more all about this funk-oriented style. Now, but in their case, they incorporated a lot of like Latina, um, Latino flavor into it. Now. Um, yeah. But one of the big standout tracks from it was How, could I, how, how, um, how I Could Just Kill a Man. Um, classic track. I love it. It um, somehow made it the soundtrack pop. of um of of Juice, you know um mm-hmm. that iconic movie with Tupac Shakur, um Hand mm-hmm. the Pump as well, which I'll talk about in a bit, um Funky Feel one, Latin Lingo, you know it had some some pretty dope tracks as well. I, I even especially like the the opening um track um Pigs. I thought that I was like a great way to start the album, especially with that um that guitar that, like I just love that that um that that guitar. Um, the next album, of course, was 1993's Black Sunday. Um, and this one, you know, spawned... Well, this one was the one that pretty much put Cypress Hill into the mainstream, mainly because of one song, which is Insane in the Brain. Still yep. a classic song, still an excellent song. But what was weird about about just that album itself is that, um, well, I can't speak for myself because I'm not a Cypress Hill fan. But <laughs> some Cypress Hill heads at the time will claim that they sold out with the release of this album that it was like this more kind of I don't want to say pop oriented but it had this more kind of rock flavor to, to it the, the energy of it but then again when you think about their music they always had a kind of rock style to it. like their approach to their, to their music there wasn't about you know dope um, lyrics and bars it was about just energy you know, you know what I mean like if they wilding were, out yeah, yeah. wilding out just going crazy you know? um, but you know it was what it was, right? But you know, it still put them in the mainstream. A lot of weed head, a lot of stoners, you know, um, started to use their music. You know, what I mean, especially with songs like hits, um, hits from the bong and the intro track, "I Wanna Get High," which I'll talk about in a bit as well. And the last album yeah. which I heard from them was um, "Temple of." Tem- I, I keep saying temples, but it's probably Temple <laughs> of Boom. I can't remember. Right? Yeah, Temple of Boom. Right, Temple of Boom. And this one boy really surprised me because they just got dark in this one way. Now I don't. I'm not sure if this is the reason why the album was what it was, but I think it had to do with the beef that they had with Ice Cube. 
I'm not too sure the full yeah. details of the beef with, with them, but I think it had to do with the soundtrack for the movie Friday. Like, they were supposed to have a particular song, and I think their hook was, well, at, at least I think this is how it went down. That apparently Ice Cube stole the hook from a song that they either did or they were planning to do for his song called Friday, which was, oh yeah, tree neighborhood in the air if you don't care. And like apparently it was some kind of thing going, you know, like he took that 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 hook from them or some kind of drama like that. But basically, you know, they they beefed at it. You know, they they put out a, a diss track, one of the fiercest, most vicious fiercest track um diss tracks I've ever heard from them. Like it's just ridiculously vicious. Though. Um, I can't remember if Ice Cube did anything about it, but yeah, you know, he did something. Um, King of the Hill, them dropped Wicked, and he did King of the Hill. Right, right, yes, um, right, yeah, you're right. Um, also, well, just in terms of that, this song, um, Cypress Hill, even this, um, the other members of Westside Connection, which was Mac 10 and, and WC, though, like real brutal, right. brutal, brutal, brutal. Like, like I said, one of the, the harshest diss tracks I've ever heard of. Them. But other than that, though, the album itself was like pretty dark, though, the beats were just like menacing, dude. It was like real, like dark shit, man. Um, also, like Cypress Hill themselves, like Send Dog and, um, and um, be real. This came with this kind of grimy approach uh, to their music as well. Songs like Boom Bidi Bye Bye and California. It's like really dark tracks, especially um, Illusions. Like probably one of the, the moodiest songs they ever put out there. The Mugs production was on point. Like Illusions have probably probably the most trippiest beat ever <laughs> because I'm here and Sitara just flunking. Yeah, but my favorite is Boom Bidi Bye Bye. Trey. That beat though. Jeez, boy. Yeah. <laughs> like a dark, but it's like real, it kind of relaxing, but in a real dark way, you know. And even the subject matter, like real crazy, like them talking about, hey, we're gonna shoot you, so you know, take a roll of this and don't say nothing because you're gonna die. Boom, biddy, bye, bye. Like it's real dark shit, now. But that's the way how the beat sounds, it just have this kind of calming feel to it, now. But yeah, I, continue. Well, me, as I'll say I'm a Cypress Soul fan, but I didn't get into Cypress Soul by listening to Cypress Soul. I was just like, my type of rap is dark rap, so at that time I was listening to Gangsta Nip and Brother Lin Chung. Yeah, I really need to listen to his music too. I haven't got around to it yet. Uda, uh, Brother, Brother, Brother Lin Chung, yeah. Brother um, Lin Chung, sorry. I got sent when I was going to MIC. This had nothing to do with it, but I got sent to the um, guidance officer for listening to Brother Lin Chong in class because the guidance officer, um, no, the teacher, ended up taking up my headphones. Um, Brother Lin Chong had a song called Return of the Baby Killer. Mm. And he talking about killing me. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I, I know his songs are like ridiculously dark and violent. Um, right. Teacher, like, this is what you listen in my class go to, go to the guidance <laughs> officer so I like I get like I'm a psychopath to get to kill people and, and he's, and he's anyhow, from the west coast as well too right um, yeah he's yeah. from um, Sacramento right um, anyhow so I listen to these dudes and a homie that used to do um, music with professor and them at the time Asked me why I doesn't to tell them, and he decided he gave me a few albums to vibe to, and yeah. he gave me four Cypress Hill albums, a Bushwick Bill, and I get to Boys. Oh, so it's the first four Cypress Hill albums you got? Yeah, I had okay. um, them, 
the first three and the album, the fourth album is four. Right. So, yes, yes, yes. Um, so, I'll start bumping it and Muggs production again really get me into them as, yeah, Cypress Hill is a good band. Um, Be Real voice had to get a little accustomed to. Yeah, especially with the squeakiness of it. Although I feel yeah, like he just got grimier in the third in, um, in Temples of Boom. Like, it is yeah. something more yep. vicious than than how, than the cartoonish way he sounded on um, on Black Sunday and um, and Cypress Hill. But then, like, when I started really, like, listen to the tracks them more, realize, like, these dudes are basically... Everybody think they're about smoking weed. These dudes are killers. I know, right? <laughs> That's I was going to bring it up in the actual mm-hmm. album review. Because one thing, like, I was listening to Black Sunday, and, like, Okay, people like the weed songs, but it's only like two songs that about weed, though. Everything else is yep. just—it's just gangsters. I just wonder, like, how do stoners like just associate themselves, or at least assume <laughs> they associate themselves with like Cypress Hill music? If all they sing about is just weed, now nah. it's like Snoop Dogg. Like Snoop Dogg don't just sing about right. smoking weed, but they always associate him as like this <laughs> rapper that they must listen to when they get high. Now, but it's like the other re- the rest of the album is like. Like a shot on these yeah. so I so like, like what? <laughs> Yo, Hard on the Pump is the most grimiest song that I hear from them. I like, you Yo, know? Are, are you talking about these dudes as hippies and them actually trying to kill people? And then, like, more well, again, at that time I was into gang music and then finding out that how they were bloods. Like, oh, that's why. You know, <laughs> I never knew this, you know, because I always wondered, all right, it had to be affiliated with, with something, with someone, sorry. I always thought it was, like, Vice Lords or Latin Kings, but I didn't know that they were with Bloods, though. Now it kind of makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. never knew this, like, really. To this day, I never knew that. Uh, um, yeah, um, Be Real and Sindogas Bloods. Um, that way, um, Mac 10, he did say that, how he, um, he, he thought about going against them because that he had them with bloods, but then he like, fuck it, I home. He ride it, I ride it. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, that was like, oh, that's why all this gangster shit comes from them. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And then, like, on the West Coast, it, like, very little, few, at the 90s, in the 90s, very little cruiser would I listen to. Um, and uh, shockingly, Demma Buya Tribe was the only two that I could really listen to. Right. Because Buya does mix the rap with the rock, and then Cypress does do the same thing, and I like that vibe from them. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Ricardo, I know we haven't, well, the, 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 the floor is, is yours now, so um, just tell us about your, your history with Cypress Hill and the music. Like, how did you get into that group of the sound and the music or have you gotten into it at all yeah nothing really nothing major just um you know mostly through mtv and then i had a cousin with the album and i listened to it from since then uh that's about it this was in i don't know 1998 or whatever um right. so yeah it's not a person not a group i really really ever get into frankly uh but yeah you know classic tracks to me you know just historically but nothing i was never a big fan of them frankly right um, that's more but but uh, 
Yeah, well, I was I was done with Naughty by Nature as well too. Um, I was was about to say. Um, so apart from Black Sunday, you haven't listened to any one of the other albums, have you? I yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head. No, because I remember this album in particular because of just the, the notable cover. Yes, yeah, yeah, but that that I love that album cover. Like, it's very oh. rock. It's very like punk rock kind of. Metal, it has that kind of metal kind of um, influence. Yeah, Muggs um, says that he says like he doesn't want the album to look dated. So whenever anybody see the album, they don't know when that album dropped. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right. they just have that illusion, like how the how the loser do um like Muggs was influenced by a lot of progressive and psychedelic rock right. bands. Well, fair so enough. He, he could tell in the in the sampling here. Yeah, so yeah. he does things like them. So like Leds, this album I think you're listening like real Led Zeppelin and stuff. Right, right. So that had a lot of impression on the album covers. Okay, all right, understood. Um, just last thing I just want to say about um about Cypress Hill. Um, one song, I, uh, well, one of my one of my all-time favorites from Cypress Hill would have to be "Hands in the Air," which I always felt like a, was a remix of um, tr- sorry, "Throw Your Hands in the Air," which was like a version of their "Throw Your Sets in the Air" um, song from the Temples of Boom, and that song, that "Throw Your Sets in the Air" was like this ridiculously like gang. Gang song basically, they're like really like, gang song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Throw your sets in the air, like just blatant leader. <laughs> but throw your hands in the air though I love the beat from DJ Muggs it's I love the collaboration you, well, you hear um, MC8 you hear Redman you hear Eric Suman of EPMD love that right. song right um, from there there was like Dr. Green Tums that was, I didn't really dig that that much um, Tequila Sun Tequila Sunrise sorry was, was yeah dope. now I'm four yeah now I'm four other than that though no, I, other those than tracks that though, it wasn't like te- it wasn't like Temple of Boom good yeah but like if smoking weed you can chill out yeah um but after that though like in the 2000s and stuff like i would see be real collaborate with other like um other artists as well um quite recently he um, collaborated with um with danny brown on his um atrocity ex- um, exhibition album love that album um this year actually dj mugs collaborate with your boy uh do boy uh mayhem lauren yeah, the, yeah. Or of I think it's the Frozen Angels EP. I think that's the name of it. Really, to, yeah. Really, really dug it. I thought that was dope. Um, but Send Dog though. Um, haven't really. He s- don't really do much collabing and stuff. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. Because they don't really hear much about it. Yeah, and, and I mean, who I, could forget their appearance on um on How High with um uh, yeah. Redman? You know, both <laughs> them is like and I need is like kindred. You know, blunt heads. Then you know? I mean they. They just like like to collaborate together, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. I need money playing the DJ. He bugs <laughs> I need money how to spend. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so let's jump in into to Black Sunday, right? This is the second studio album from um Cypress Hill. It was released on July um the thirteenth of nine ninety three. Um this was the one, like I say, that really brought them to the mainstream. You know, a lot of white kids were listening to to, to Cypress Hill. So all of a sudden, it wasn't just the Latinos and you know <laughs> the gangbangers in in um in LA. You know, it was it, it just brought their style out to a wide audience. And you know, it's it's really funny that some people felt that they sold out 
that they cannot like I don't know dumb themselves down but I felt that you know they still stuck to their formula which is just like wild just wild out straight up gangster shit now so right starting's off with um, the opening track I Wanna Get High um, this right here is one of the greatest weed anthems of one t- um, of all mm-hmm. time sorry simple straightforward and for the three minute runtime it has it feels it- rather short now uh, I have a feeling like if it if it ran longer than that people would have just fell asleep just off of that because the strength is I don't know it's also like some kind of bagpipe or something but I'm not sure what it is but I like how it sets up the kind of like easy tune of it but when the beat comes in it's really slow it's just like laid back Mm. there and then of course be real with that nasal delivery (laughs) it's just ridiculous though um, uh, was it that sitar? Yeah, that's sitar. Yes, 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 yes. Sitar, right? right yeah. yeah. Um, you have a couple of like ridiculous, like when I say ridiculous, I mean like hilarious lines that he has, like a life where you say, "Oh, what you messed with, you got to bear witness, catch a hoe, and another hoe." Merry Christmas. <laughs> My oven is on high when I roast the quail. Tell Bill Clinton to go and inhale. But the way he always interrupts yeah. is just so ridiculous, though. But it adds a lot to the to the mood of of the of the um of the song itself. So, yeah, you know what like it sounds like? It sounds like he just smoke a pong and rambling <laughs> to somebody, <laughs> rambling on. Hi, man, to yes. us. Yeah, right. Just, and that Bill... rambling kind of feel it though. I will not lie. Yeah. Yeah, and that Bill Clinton line, you know, holds up quite well if you think about it, because yeah. at the time it was yeah. ridiculous. You know, I never inhaled bullshit. No? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Bill Clinton smoked weed, but I never <laughs> right. inhaled. Yeah. Right. So, really dug the track. I think it's a great way to, to kick off the album. Um, guys, what are your thoughts on I Want to Get High? <laughs> it's in, uh, a good way to start off the album, yeah. But. As I say, if you following the so-called Grateful Dead of rap, that what they calls them, right. you gotta be blazed, right. and this might really put you to sleep because it's so trippy. <laughs> it's so trippy. You, you right? The mugs did a great job on on the beat. The beat was way psychedelic. Yes, yes, it and is. You can just need to. Tripping off on the sitar and <laughs> right. mm-hmm. and just go and not hear the rest of the album. You know, <laughs> and I imagine a a, a a bunch of like weed heads just did that. Like listen to the to that opening track. I just didn't put it But um, Ricardo, your your thoughts on I want to get high? Yeah, it was actually surprising to hear a track like this on our rap album coming up. Now it's like, oh, this is just something like something like the Beatles will come up with or some really 60s kind of aesthetic with mm-hmm. a high song though. you get trippy it does feel like that but yeah they're doing it for weed and it makes sense yeah uh, don't love 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 this track um, you know again listening to it recently I was like oh well it's just kind of sounding stereotypical but I suppose <laughs> at the time this would have been a big deal yeah, um, yeah but yeah a little bit of weed stereotype at this point you know with all this this weed culture we could never hear the end of simply because marijuana is still illegal um, yeah yeah, so that that's about it. But yeah, nothing, not not a bad track, but nothing to write home about. At least now, back then, I suppose it would be a, a big deal in 1993. But I didn't listen to the album when it came out, unfortunately. Yeah, ne- well, ne- neither did I actually. 
Alright, so moving along to the second track, I ain't, I ain't going out like that. This is like one of my favorite tracks on the album, one of my favorite Cypress Hill songs. Doom, just off doom, the energy, doom. right? Yeah. Just nah, that that bass, boy, that bass doesn't sound like somebody that running doom, up behind doom, the top bat. Doom, <laughs> doom, yeah. doom, doom. And then you hear that, it just like sounds like, like punk rock, now, like this channeling like punk rock into this now. Um, the chorus is crazy. Like, I don't know, I just imagine that. This is the type of song that, like, in Cypress Hill concerts, like, you see people just forming, like, mosh pits and just yelling, we ain't going out! You know, we just going crazy now. That one does happen. That does happen. Yeah. Yeah. I like all the energy. I like all... Sorry, That culture, Yeah, no, that culture overlapped reasonably well with them, now, that whole rock mosh pit, you know, once it's black metal, but just some of metal culture, you know, crossing over hip-hop culture, which was a kind of interesting thing in the early 90s because a big a big part of that was this whole well the two cultures could meld kind of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. right um one thing i love i love how both be real and send dog sound over it they sound animated they sound wild <laughs> over yeah. this you know and it's like these grimy violent Especially lyrics just to the, the, heat, just the with... pigs and you know there's people that they hate them yeah just how they do the chorus with um be real that I ain't going out like that. I ain't going out like yeah, that. That's it. Sendok, I ain't going out. <laughs> Sendok yeah. always had like this, like, with, like this silly voice though. We ain't going out. You know what I mean? Um, but one thing that, well, I didn't even know about um, this track actually till quite recently is that um, when Cypress Hill was on Saturday Night Live back in 93 and they performed this track, right. um, they got banned mm-hmm. because uh, DJ Muggs yeah. lit up a, a spliff like before. Yeah. Like on air, now, like got, on air before they, yeah. before they even start this song. Now. I was like, what? You know what? what I mean? yeah, they, they did, yeah. They, I do believe they have one. They're one of the rare occasions of having a lifetime ban um, on SNL. Yep, because of that, <laughs> it was like them and I don't know that girl who the ball um, chick, yeah, the ball um, chick. Oh, Sinead O'Connor. Yeah, yeah, Sinead O'Connor. Yeah, they have a list of them. She she so, she lit up a spliff. Okay, I was trying to remember what it is she, she did. did. She did. She ripped a picture. Right. Oh right. She ripped um, a picture she, of um. Yeah. It was Bush. Then Pope. Oh the Pope. Right. Yeah. That's what it was. Right. But yeah. So I ain't going out like that. One of my favorite tracks of the album. And now we get to the track that everybody loves. Everybody loves. This is like the quintessential Cypress Hill mm-hmm. songs. Whether you want to admit it or not. Insane. Cypress Hill beginner one oh one. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is the song that put them into the mainstream. Um, everything about this song works for me, though. I love the beat, though. It sounds like some kind of like some kind of weird, weeded out kind of carnival, right? <laughs> it just sounds insane. Um, the delivery from Be Real and Send Dog, I love it. Um, one thing I didn't know, well, actually, at the tankgenius.com for this one, I didn't know that Send Dog's second verse was targeted at um, Chub Rock, though. Apparently, Chub Rock, um, he did Treat Me Right, which was like a big song back in the early 90s, right? He did some kind right. of song <laughs> dissing Cypress Hill, so they're like, oh, okay, we'll you use yeah, this on the clock oh, back at you. Like, I did not even when, know that. That when everybody in, in rap was anti-drugs and he shit on them for okay. smoking weed. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that would explain why Sendo was talking about like you were sumo slamming that ass putting your face in the grass. I think that's mm. what he mean that that whole fat jokes that he talk about in his in his um in his verse now is aimed at Chub Rock. Yeah. The man was a was a was a big dude, but a chubby dude actually. Right? Yeah. Um the, the the chorus is ridiculously catchy. I mean everybody knows it. Um and I don't know, it's just one of those songs that I just imagine it 
anybody who was ever in seen in the membrane at a point in time could relate to. Like, mm. This point in time, we go we go crazy. There's like, yeah, I, I can relate to this sort of. Name that. That's the intro alone. That's trip off people from people. Who you think you messing with? Essay. Don't, Don't you know? You know I'm local? <laughs> <laughs> I just yes, laugh I'm every time I hear this way. But yeah, yes. love this song. It's a classic. Love this song, classic. Yeah, this this track is a classic for me. Again, this is the of course this is the track that introduced me to, to Cypress Hill. Um, yeah, you know everything about this track works. I mean, again, I'm not into this genre of music like this rock mix-up kind of something. Uh, but yeah, this was just a goddamn classic track. Uh, you can't go wrong. It across the board. It's our reason. This was how high this got into the charts. It was number one, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Right, yeah. So I'm not surprised there. Um, yeah, this is, this is the track that brought that you know, you know, bring me to them. So cool. Yeah. Uh, Doughboy, your if, thoughts on Insane the Brain? If Simpsons could have this song on it, you know, it's a great song. But sorry, it wasn't Simpsons though. They were an episode of the yeah. Simpsons. But I can't remember what song they what song did they perform. I can't remember. It, but I know it, it was like um, a Lollapalooza and, episode now. They were right, and then the, when it was backstage and they talk, it had an episode when there was backstage and it was talking to the um orchestra and accent. Can you play in Saint <laughs> Remembering? And it was yeah. trying to play it on the violin and stuff. Mm-hmm. I need I need to look at I need to search for that episode, <laughs> but that that sounds dope. But yeah, I mean, not much more we could say about NC in the brain. The song is a classic, right? Uh, classic, loop sample, dope drums. Yes. The, that, the, you know, it, this infectious. Yeah, like, everything yeah. about it is infectious. The video was dope. Yeah, I love the video for it too. The video was, especially with the colors, but they use some like, real bright colors for this one, for that video. Alright, so next track we have is When the Shit Goes Down. I was so funny about this song here is that the censored version of it, or at least the radio version, is When the Ship Goes Down. I don't get yeah, it. Uh-huh, when the ship goes down, get it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, anyway. some, like some TBS, TBS level translations. I, that I know it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I love the the kind of groovy beat that that. One one thing about this this song that I was remembered for, like always associated for, uh, the movie uh, This Is the End from 2013. That was like one of my right. favorite movies of 2013. Like my favorite comedy of 2013. Yeah. Dumb, ridiculous. But yeah. remember when Danny McBride's yeah, character that, was introduced? Yeah. yeah, we saw it together, Ricardo. Remember when Danny McBride's yeah, character yeah. was introduced and it was him, you know, preparing breakfast and he was hearing this song in the background? Mm-hmm. I yeah. love that sequence. That, that was a real dope mm-hmm. sequence. But yeah, but basically, this song is just them on some gangster shit. They talk about shooting people, mm-hmm. getting shot down, etc., etc. The chorus is catchy as hell, though. Like, when yeah. the shit goes down, goes down. Ready, mm-hmm. when the shit goes down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the beat is like so mellow and groovy though that admittedly I kind of find myself enjoying the beat more than the lyrics because there's not really much going on lyrics wise but then again it we could argue it is a Cypress Hill album you don't really go in for lyrics you go in for mood and tone and how you want to feel now how each song's make how each song sorry makes you feel now mm. so for me this song is decent it's not a standout but it's a decent track all the same um, Doba, your thoughts on when the ship goes down? One of my favorite songs from them, because as I don't listen to the lyrics them too, but this one, as I say, mood and the vibe that the beat have, it does sound like a western kind of thing. 
Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Like you're watching some kind of Western movie, so it put in the mood for some some kind some with action. Yeah, right, right, right. So again, they were my favorite tracks on them. No complaints on this track. All right, fair enough. Uh, Ricardo, your your thoughts on when the ship goes down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, again, well, again, ignoring the the extremely dumb Monday to Friday plane style, you know, censorship. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, this is a great track as well for me. Um, it's it just mellow. It's, it, you know, again, is that, that it, it really is a product. It's similar. Just listening back to the album, you know, just, you know, it was well, two days ago. And I was like, wow, <laughs> this have a real early 90s vibe to everything, though. That, yeah, yeah. That, 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 you know, it's the same way called it by the, everybody was just exploiting Amin Break right through there. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, it, for me, it's, it's a mellow track. It, it, it's, it's not too slow. It just paced itself so well. And it, it just it just love this track for me. It just it's flow, flow works. I could listen to it several times. But yeah, great track for me. Right. Okay. Next track we have. This is another one of my favorites. Like a shot. Um, yeah. I love DJ Muggs's beat though. It's just so dark and it's mm-hmm. frenetic though. And be real, just like I don't know, but like like the man was just pissed off one day, <laughs> and he just mm-hmm. get all vicious with this wordplay here. But like I don't know, like he just hear the beat and just like lost his shit and just went off and like in this track in particular like you just hear his darks and come out there um it's even to the point where you talk about it in the last verse where he gets shot in the back by some guy's shotgun but i mean it's crazy by the real cypress hill winner um the beat do knocks i love the chorus that let it get home let it get shot like it's just sim this yeah. nuts though so yeah one of my all-time favorites from from this um album uh ricardo you you enjoy like a shot or it's just like uh too yeah. much. No, no, great, great, great track again. Mostly because of the beat in the background. That dong, 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 dong. You know, yeah, that just holds, holds, holds my head. I'm in nodding uh, for the entire track. I listened to the lyrics, guys. This is it recently, but yeah, great, great track in my opinion. Right. It holds up. Yeah, no boy, your your thoughts on like a shot. <laughs> again, they Cypress will do what it does best. Yes. Talk about violence. Um, the beat mugs again whip that sp 1200 like a slave i mean these things <laughs> and it the the hook with like a shot like oh the like a shot like a shot so so real jamaican yeah yeah have a have a jamaican kind of twang to it yeah it does like it, it getting your hype again is that check to get your hype. Yeah, exactly. To do exactly. <laughs> to do what? Well, well, that track- <laughs> that's up to you. Alright, uh next track we have is Cock the Hammer. Um this for me is another well, this is like I I I don't know, like for me, like I kinda forgot how the beat was, but just hearing it again I was like, okay. Um, this song like real dread though um, the instrumentation from from DJ Muggs uh, once again is, is, is just stellar here um, for some odd reason I don't know how it made it to the movie soundtrack for Last Action Hero like remember that movie mm, yeah. Kids yeah. Yeah, yeah. yes that's actually a movie um, this is un- this is pure West Coast gangster shit here but with a cypress hill twist um, I love how Sendog kind of starts his song off strong 
be real kind of com- complements it with like two grimy ass verses and then we have the hook this cock the hammer you know what I mean um, cock the hammer time yeah. for action I love <laughs> the, the, the the production here though like it's it's dark it's moody you're hearing rain you're hearing thunder in this as like and and in true 90s West Coast fashion like if you remember Ice Cube's Wicked or Tupac's um, Heal Mary for example you hear yeah. some guy doing some Jamaican dance or patwa chanting <laughs> in the hook of the, of the outro though. but dude this shit was nice though I, I dug this I dug this track uh, Doughboy what do you think about Cocky Hammer? again can't go wrong this is a good track good track I don't read some of the lyrics I'm here one of them be really really wanted to kill somebody man yeah <laughs> yeah like on a chicken hunt, hunt for a chicken. Nice thing with <laughs> the Get a paranoid while like... I hit you with my glock clicking. Mm. Yeah. But nice well, thing with these tracks. Nice thing with these tracks is you're wondering if, if it's, the weed is not for like, oh, well, they just like smoking weed. It's like, oh, no, they just need to calm down because they're going to murder somebody. No. Nice. Nice. The need sedation. Yes, yes, yes. That's a sedation. Yeah. Uh, but Ricardo, you, you, your thoughts on, on Coffee Hammer? Yeah, yeah, great great track. Again, in, in, in listening retrospect, it really, really sounds like a stereotypical West Coast track. It's, like, oh, it's almost to the point of like a parody of a West Coast track. But yeah, that's how it was back in the 90s. Uh, yeah, it's a great, great track where they hold, hold back there. Mm-hmm. Right, so now we have the interlude, which is Lockdown. Um, all I have to say is that this is like a beat that I imagine will be playing in my head if ever I find myself in, 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 in prison. Like, if, if it's like my first night in prison, I'd be hearing that. Like, I'd just be hearing that on a loop in my brain, like, if I just spend one night in jail. But that's all I had to say about this this interlude. Um, y'all wanna, y'all have anything to say about this interlude, or? Just... I interlude. Yeah. It's not that special. Yeah, I beat the interlude. Yeah. Right, so next track we have is Three Little Putos. Way. <laughs> um, Three Little Putos! This was my yeah. introduction to Spanish, and I will go to Spanish class and sing this shit. Love. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, the mid tempo piece of this beat and the guitar wailing in the back um, of this beat. I don't know, for me, it kind of it kinda gives me this feel like, okay, well, if inside sorry insane in the brain is just you like just going crazy this is the hangover that you feel after insane in the brain it's even to the point where be real even says because a nigga like me is going insane in the brain like he repeats that line from insane mm-hmm. brain now, yeah right um this is just basically be real and send all just telling haters dude just don't please please don't fuck with us please please don't um overall it's kind of sluggish but like i say it has this kind of hangover feel to it but it's grimy as hell and it I don't know, I, 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 I found this to be rather entertaining to me. So, uh Ricardo, yeah. your thoughts on three little putos. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right about the sluggish part. Um, it's a track I don't really like the, the out of the entire album, I don't really like all that much. But yeah, it's still still a great track overall. Um not not nothing to I'll say it's not it's one of those I would repeat frankly. Um but yeah, right. it's just as it's, it's more like a laid down kind of track at the dread. Yeah, when I didn't I didn't think about that, that reference when they make where it's more compliment track to insane in the brain. Uh, yeah, you're right about that. Right. Uh, oh. No boy, your thoughts on three little putos? Mm. shit, <laughs> One little, two little, three little putos. <laughs> like, and so, 
Yes, yes, yes. yes. Chicago. The home. If you like Chicago music, this was way before Chicago rap. <laughs> you're going to be like, yeah, these were them spitting the Spanish good. Right, right, right. <laughs> the Spanish shit, shit real vibey. And then a gangster song too. Yeah, it is, it is. Yeah, just hiring them, spitting little one or two vatual slangs in it. Yeah, yeah. Right, so next off we have the skit Legalize It. Um, as the title suggests, it's pretty much informing. Well, to me, this is how I see it. It's basically like telling the weed heads that, hey, don't forget, like, we, we haven't forgotten the weed songs, don't worry. I mean, we do the accessory, right. but don't worry, we still have the weed songs, don't worry. So, just relax. Uh, that, that's to me, like, how I saw the, like, how I saw this, this, um, this skit here. Um, anything to contribute about legalize it or is just kind of, like, skip, mm. move along? Skip, skip, yeah. to, the, skip to the popular yeah. track. Right, and that popular track boy is Hits from the Bong. Bonafide classic weed tune boy. Yeah. Just yeah. the oh, sample, yeah. that Dusty Springfield son of a preacher man sample. Perfect. That. Right. And then that Hits from the Bong, you know what I mean? Perfect, yeah. perfect, perfect, perfect. Oh, I know this track is just basically be real and send up talking about just the simple pleasure of hitting a bong. Like, don't worry about the spliff, don't worry, let's just play it down, but, but try a bong. Let me, let me explain to you how the bong works. And that essentially <laughs> is what this track is about. Um, it has this like light-hearted approach shit, so it's like you could just... Like for me, I just have this dumb grin on my face every time I hear it. And then the beat is just like... Yeah, I could get, I could just get high to this even though... Even if you don't smoke weed, you could just still get high to this, to this song. Yeah. Just off the beat alone. Yeah, Trust yeah me. I cut high off the beat. Yeah, so... Totally love the song. I know it made its way into like a ton of weed movies. I think it was in How High or yeah, it was either How High and um oh gosh uh Half Big. Either one of those two movies. It was in Half Big and Half Big. Yeah, it was in Half Big. Yeah, that's yeah. the one you're trying to remember. I'm not sure if it was in How High. I don't remember. I know it was in Half Big for sure. Right. It was so Half Big or just High because um the start off with um I wanna get high when um Method Man was smoking on the couch. Yes, yes. Right. And then, then the transition into hit to the bong when he take the pull and then fall long. But yeah, I, I love this track. It's just so it just I don't wanna say it's dumb, but it's just so laid back when this I can see. Just that beat alone will get you high, Jay. Like the music will do it for you, you know what I mean? But um Ricardo, your thoughts on hits from the bong? Yeah, 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 there's a classic weed track again. You hear it on how much, how much thing. Um, and for me, Half Big is one of the funniest movies ever. For me, um, again, oh, yeah, it it, is, it's the perfect fourteen. I am, I am fourteen. This is funny kind of movie. And I was fourteen <laughs> when it came. So, um, this was does is a track that holds up. Um, again, it's a weed track, so it's up to you if you care about it that much. Again, it's one of these tracks that you only know because weed culture is so pervasive, and it's not le- it's not legal yet. So people making a bigger deal out of it than it is. But yeah, um, hold, it totally holds up in my opinion. I was like, oh yeah, this exists. I forget this was on this 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 soundtrack, and then virtually every weed weed um thing Pot out head. there. Pot yeah, this yeah, is yeah, like yeah, a natural pop, anthem pop. for potheads. Um, two boy, your 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 thoughts on hit twenty bong? Like, what what else can you say about this track? The perfect weed song, perfect, perfect. It has so it has so very little people that could do a weed song. It, that stands time 
or men that could do weed songs and it'll be like, yeah, we believe you. <laughs> we believe you. You, we, and that is Wes Khalifax, anybody from a Cypress Hill, Snoop Dogg, Currency. <laughs> oh boy, Currency, Currency, yeah. Currency and Kevin, uh, Devin the Dude. If you're not one of these yeah, five yeah. people, <laughs> your weed song might be a little and style speed. <laughs> yeah, might might be a right. little, might be a little dry, probably. <laughs> right. Yeah. As anybody else, weed song uh, might not stand up. These guys doing weed songs stands up. Yes, 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 right. for sure. All right. Next track we have here is "What Goes Around Comes Around." Right. Um, I, I like the way how DJ Mug samples the "How I Could Just Kill a Man." Um, hook in the beat. Um, I also like how the beat kind of maintains the kind of heesiness, the mid tempo vibe from um, Hits from the Bonga. Uh, lyrically, for me, this is like one of the weak points of the album. Like, I felt like Be Real wasn't really seen that much. It's just basically like ghetto karma in a way. That's that's what I got from 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 his um, from this song basically. Um, and uh, like a real subdued man. Like, he's not wild or aggressive. It's just kind of like mm. normal basically, right? Um, which is weird given the subject matter. Um, the hook is decent enough, like what goes around, coming around, kid. It's 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 decent, but not the best that I've heard from um, Be Real, to be honest. So, not bad, but not great, but not bad either. That's that's my take on this track. Um, Doughboy, your thoughts on what goes around comes around, kid. This track sounds like the deadline coming up. Ah, yes, yes, so the, album, the album's winding <laughs> down eventually. Yeah, right. we need that you know, closing song. time, drink, <laughs> last call for alcohol, right. that kind of vibe. Now. Yeah, and so be real, but I'm going to go and boot and do something. Yeah, and do something. <laughs> now, in, in, compared to the rest of the, the album, it there's just some fat. Yes. I didn't need it, man. Didn't need it. All right, uh, Ricardo, you 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 agree? You you think that is a song that could have been yeah. uh, removed or? Honestly? Right, yeah, it's one of those. Well, in the album was short enough, so I suppose I can understand why it was there still. Like you know, you know, remember remember uh, album length and thing would have been demands at the studio, blah blah blah. So, well, yeah, if it was up to me, this if if it existed, today, I would have trimmed this fat frontly. Yeah. Um, it's not a track I hate, but uh, yeah, it's one of those trim the fat album tracks. Right. But really, I have nothing to say special <clears throat> that I was like, wait, Israel Dread or nothing. Really, it really was. It really felt like, oh, this part of the same album. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So next track we have is E to the K. Now, one thing that always stood out to me was the the intro that they use here. Cause it's a sample from a movie that um, I know a lot of like hip hop heads haven't seen. It's a shame because I I think it is. I think it is literally the first hip hop movie ever made called Wild Style. Um, if you're on right. said you'll, you'll know the movie because that's what he uses on the intro for his Illmatic album. But basically, there's a part right. where some guys at gunpoint is like, A to the K, A to the motherfucking Z, right? So, um, this one is like more gangster shit again, more violent threats, more brags. Um, but the beat sounds like a kind of like alteration of how, how I could just kill a man. And I felt, I find right. that hook, I mean, catchy and it kind of fits well with the, with the dark tone of the beat but they could have just punched it up a little bit though instead of hey to the motherfucking gay oh boy like, they could have they could have like fine tune that just a little bit though um right. so yeah this is uh, another song that wasn't bad but wasn't great neither uh Doughboy your thoughts on A to the K uh, this they like straight drive by music but 
They like, yeah, gotta do some work tonight. Yeah, A to the king. Wait, <laughs> this track. Wait, yeah. <laughs> this track. Let me just get mine right. Smoke, smoke some of that lace. <laughs> that what that track sounds like. Like, yeah, they murder music. <laughs> and the hook, too simple, it just catch you. Because. Uh, how they do it with the sitting dogs doing the shouting part and then, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah with A to the motherfucking K or boy A to the motherfucking K A to the motherfucking K yeah, yeah. yeah that's catching you now so I this again if now if they was pressing this album uh, move the track up Right. right, instead of like Lee's on. I, I agree, I agree. Because it's yeah, too amp. It's too amp for so low down in the thing. Mm-hmm. Because that track before that get people mellow. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that's the thing though. It's it's the, the tone though, uh, which it's kind of like a, a little issue that with the album, like the switching of tones though. Yeah, um, yeah. I forgot, yeah. I, forgot, I forgot who said it. No, you're right about that because again, in retrospect, I forgot who said it on, um, is that, I think on Twitter or something like that, somebody said that how album structure just as important as the tracks themselves as in which track flows Very into true. which track yes, and yeah yes, there's, yes, a, totally there's a little jar I thought yeah. it, it is a track that is a little jarring for the few it's like oh, well, we already was here but you could have phrased back into this a little better no? in terms of yeah. changing the tune and the, I don't know yeah. yeah agreed agreed right so next track we have is Hand on the Glock um, for me this kind of breaks up the monotony of the last two tracks well enough um, this has one of the catchiest, most memorable beats on the track. That ee, bah, ee, bah. like mm. I love that to the background, um, and right. it's basically like a remix of their of their hand and the pump um, track from their debut album, right? The one, well, you know, Metal Man, Redman fans will remember that they used it at the end of the Rock Wilder. That la 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 la, like you remember that, right? Um, but lyrically, this is like what, like probably one of the most dense tracks you ever put because it's not just about shotguns and glocks, but they talk about the fact that they could be used for self-defense though. But police wouldn't even care, you know. They roll up to you, you see with you, with a gun, they don't want to hear that you was defending yourself. They arrest you, put you in jail, right? So yeah. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. that they, they they got a little bit deeper into their lyrics. It's not just about guns and stuff like that. So yeah, this is a great track for me. Uh, Ricardo, your thoughts on Han and the Glock? Yeah, you're right. Uh, this 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 holds up as well. Um, it's it's one of those tracks that again, you know, sadly because of all the bullshit in the news, it's a relevant track. Yes. <laughs> in terms of they already care about you and uh, you know what your position was in this situation, but it, it, it is a relevant track. Uh, as for the song itself, uh, it's one of those again slightly trim fatty, but again subject matter kind of trump the you know it's a substance over style track anyway, so it doesn't really yeah. matter uh, yeah. in that way anyway. So that's, that's just my quick take on that. Right, uh, do your thoughts right. on hand on the clock? Well, well, again, now, now reading through the freaking chorus, it's about a robbery. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, about yeah. a robbery. Um, be real great to buy weed, yes, <laughs> and dude try to rob him and he had a gun and he off it on some men, yeah, <laughs> fair enough, but it's. At the time when I listened to the album, this was it was so much a carbon copy of Hannah and Pump. 
Yeah, you go right out to the to the hook, which is yeah. Seem well, I'll skip. A kind of a they they kind of alter it a bit. They change up a couple of lines. Here. Yeah. So at the time, when I heard a, a carbon copy of Han and Pop, I just skip this track. Here, right. it once or twice and thing, but as I tell you, knowing what what was, Han and Pop not to get better than that. So. Right, fair enough. Well, okay, so clearly you, you prefer Honey Pump. Yes. Alright, okay, well, um, Teachers Wood, I, I think both songs are, are good with you, but uh, I actually do agree with you, um, um, Doughboy, I actually think that Honey Pump is, is slightly better, though. Um, it's It stands out way more, actually, especially the beat. Last things last, now we have Break Em Off Some. Um, the, well, Cypress Hill basically ends things off on this energetic note. Um, I love the kind of piano-driven beat that DJ Muggs provides. It sounds really tense, it sounds really fast-paced. And simply put, it's just be real talking about being in the middle of some shootout and it's just kind of <laughs> shenanigans that take place afterwards. Um, thematically, it does fit with the, with the kind of gangster vibe, um, which was like on a majority of tracks in the album. And for that reason alone, I felt that it's uh, like a, just a fairly decent way just to end the album off. So, uh, do boy, you, you, you agree with me? You think this is a great way to end off the album or could I nah, end it off a little bit better? Not that how the track is booty or anything, but it amp. You can't go out on that amp, but people are like that. Yeah, how people are like that. And then that'd be the end. And then that's the end, right? I understand, yeah. So, it's a dope track. But again, if I was pressing this album now, it would be higher. Right. Yeah. Yeah, album structure is an yeah. example album. Again, you know, thing. Um, there's a track I actually like, but again, it, it, it when you listen it into in context of the rest of the album, it, it is a little off as well. I was like, oh, okay, I like this energy, whatnot. But, you know, yeah, this would be what a track four, track three for, for you. Um, yeah, about six for the lowest okay. tracks. Right, so, so. right, right, right. Okay, so last words on Black Sunday for me, right? So for me, um, clearly Cypress Hill's music is like not for everyone, right? So hip hop heads like me just won't really turn to them for like solid lyricism and like complex themes and. <laughs> Um, I'm right. still not too sure if like the weed heads who listen to like hits from <laughs> bong and want to get high before they blaze up like we'll just up to this listen to, to songs like lick a shot and cut and cut the hammer afterwards right to them it's not about like dense word play or beats that like will inspire you to rap write a rap song of your own like say Illmatic for example right like is that a song is that an album will be like yes I love this beat here I will write my own rap and I will be the greatest rapper like it's <laughs> just basically wild mosh pit gangster shit that's that's all it is really right but it's like a mixture of like west coast gangster shit but the kind of mm. mosh pit kind of rock vibe kind of energy with it that with the occasional smoke break right um yeah, like, and, 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 uh, yeah oh, that's oh, it the, that's it the best way to say it is like rock music for gang members yeah yeah, yeah. right <laughs> right and and for me it, it, it for, for me though it came out at a time when you know it was always kind of like necessary for rappers to be original to have your own style and nobody's song is like yeah. Cypress Hill anytime though oh yeah you're right um, it, it was really a unique song again you had to think of music in terms of the product it's time in that sense um, it really like nobody was doing something like this no way it really yeah. again it, what white work is because it's a nice confluence of cultures it does the mushroom stuff and the hip hop stuff and hip hop now really started breaking to the mainstream now. 
plus with like the African. Latino vibes too. So right, that's a big as well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So for me, while I wouldn't call myself the biggest Cypress Hill fan, I only listen to the first three albums. Uh, Black Sun is my, my 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 favorite of the group. This was like the first album I heard yeah. from them. I loved it. Then, well, a couple of listens, and I just love the the style and the energy of it. Um, it's not as dark as Temples of Boom. It's not as funky as the debut album. But I still think, in terms of just showcasing their style, the sound, I think it works. Um, DJ Mog's production is just superb from start to end. And yes, they do have a they don't have a large amount of stuff to really rap about. But you know, be real and send dog still keep the listener entertained, right? So that's all we want. Um, a few songs already stand out as much as the others, but still, I kind of fuck with this album. So for me, this gets a very light four and a half out of five. Still, my right. favorite Cypress Hill album to date. Uh, any last words yeah, on Black Sunday, um, Ricardo? Yeah, this gets a solid eight out of ten for me as well. Uh, pretty high, high up. Um, again, is um, is not music for me. Um, frankly, I'll admit that. But it, when you think about the, the time it existed, why they were popular. The energy they had at the time and how everything just kind of everything you know the stars aligned for this album to be successful and yeah that's exactly what happened um is unfortunately precedent can be set for something like this but in terms of genre genre mixing in this interesting way but yeah it was really a great album in that sense i can't even think off the top of my head any kind of big genre mixing album on this level um you know probably before you had run dmc and them fellas so right. we call them um yeah when they did the rap rap rock mix stuff now but that's about that's like way before so I don't yeah. think that counts, Ness. Um, but I, off the top of my head, I really couldn't think of how you really are a uniting force in, in let's just call it, um, anti-social meal culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, for the sake, sake of the argument. Um, yeah, yeah, and everything just came together particularly well for this album. I really, It really, really works quite well and marketed. It's marketed brilliantly. I mean, got the right hype. Um, again, I, most of the exposure was on MTV. MTV was a big thing coming up. And yeah, like, I really like this album. Right. He thought that... Alright, Ricard. Oh, sorry. Um, Doughboy, your, your last words on Black Sunday and your return? Yeah, well, the first time you see Cypress Hill, they don't look like what what it is. <laughs> like gang members or anything. Mm. They really look like he's is the first person in that mosh pit. Muggs is white and Sendog just looks like easy dude to be walking around with the bag of weed and, <laughs> i know right yeah and when you hear hear the music it basically from it, it measure everything uh the people the best fusion of all people that that from a group as i explained with mugs being influenced by that zeppelin and stuff mm. so yeah, it had that yeah. that psychedelic rock vibe into the music with um be real and and Sindog being mexican italian latin vibe into it with them being with two of them also being gang members it had a gangster vibe into it yes. so everything just fuse and mesh perfectly perfect fusion and yeah hold and after the the kinks on the first album as i say the kinks being how how we'll get the song to work yeah the master it on on this album um 
other than that, it have like one or two. It have one track that says fat and other tracks that just in place in the right spot on the album. Right. Um, so I'll give it a four and a half. Fair enough. Four mm-hmm. and a half out of five. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. So yeah, um, guys, if you haven't listened to Black Sunday, um, you'll you'll need to like as soon as. Alright, so moving along to the, the second album. Um, this is Ricky Ross, Teflon Done by. So um Alright, so let me just start things off, right, with Red Rick Ross himself. Uh once again I am not the biggest Rick Ross fan out there. Um I, I would never forget um when well, two thousand six actually when, you know, his debut album Port of Miami came out and the song the D song was hustling. You could yeah. not escape that song. That was like the national anthem of 2006. <laughs> Just right. Cool and Dre's beat. It was something like that was the kind of music that you just had to listen to. Like when you waking up like four o'clock in the morning to go to school or to go to work or something. So like just that kind of driving music. Then. And then of course yeah. that chorus. Every day I'm hustling. Like that was just ingrained into your brain. Uh. Um, lyrically, we were introduced to Rick Ross. He kind of came off like, "All right, I'm 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 the new Tony uh, Montana. I'm the boss of 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 Miami, you know what I mean?" And as the lyrics themselves kind of uh, portray that, you know, the whip it whip it real hard, you know what I mean? Um, the third verse with that ridiculous twenty two, how he just keep flipping that twenty two stuff, you know what I mean? There was just so much great moments on that track. Now. Um. And then the album came out and it was decent. Like, I don't remember much from it. I remember the second track being Push It, which took the song Push It to the Limit from, you know, the Scarface soundtrack. So it fit his style perfectly. Um, and what else? But to me, though, what really kind of made him infamous was when um, 50, 50 Cent kind of make him out. And said that, no, yes. you, 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 no, no, you, ain't no, you ain't no drug dealer, nothing like that, dude. You was, he was a security guard dog in a prison. But wait, you're saying it wasn't 50, it was somebody else. Yeah, trick daddy, you pull, pull, pull up on them. Oh, okay. It oh. wasn't 50, like 50 didn't see anything? Nope. Uh, trick down, bust that file, like. Oh, wow, wow. Right. Okay, I, I think I'm confusing 50 with, I think it's, um, 50 said something about some rapper. Later on. Later, later on. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Think, but it, it Trick Daddy that must not find that Ross as a CEO. Wow. And I mean, Trick Daddy, yeah. of course, representing MIA as well, too. Um, but yeah, boy. This <laughs> is kind of funny that Trick Daddy of all people would have come out for that, huh? Um, yeah. So the, the next track we... Well, sorry, the next album we, um, we brought out was Triller wasn't really a big fan of that i know the big mm. the big song from it was um the boss i'm the biggest boss that you've seen thus far right uh when i was remember yeah. just the intro to that, the video with him on the bed like with that. yeah like the beat i love how they sample poor revere um bc boys that that like i love how they sample that dinner i thought tp's verse was decent too but to me at the time i felt that um that rick ross was more kind of reflective of DJ Khaled because he was getting big at the time too. Right. So it's more that kind of like glossy kind of glam rap basically, you know, like mm, I make it more right. money than you it, was, it fit within DJ Khaled's formula. Uh, but I was remember the video for the boss though, where it's like him on this white bed and had this chick next to him and he bareback. I was remember like yeah. imagine if women oh, would have find him yeah. to be hot though. It's like, ew, <laughs> come on, right? Yeah. Um, so or... Sorry, was it? I said Beluga yeah. Whale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> right. So the next track he had, sorry, the next album he had was um, Deeper Than Rap. I thought that some of the, well, that was a fair improvement over Triller. Uh, one of the, the tracks that I always remember from, one that I always loved, was uh, Magnificent, which featured um, John Legend. Yeah. And there's even a remix where he even brought in Special Ed because he did the, the original Amni Magnificent there. But here, um, right. his style got a little bit more cinematic and more kind of glamorized the whole cool craft style that he was on, you know, basically. Um, and yeah, like, I, I thought it was, like, not the best album in the world, but I thought it was it was pretty decent. Uh. And then, well, afterwards, we have this album here, Teflon Dawn, right? So, after that, well, just that's the last thing I'll say about him going forward. I still wouldn't say I'm a big fan of him. I felt, but... I, I do find that he has gotten better lyrically, you know, over the past few years though. Um, especially like with his contribution to right like this year actually with um Pusha T's um Daytona. Like I thought he, he delivered right. a great verse on, on that album as well, you know what I mean? Um but yeah, but I just felt like because at the time I just felt like he, there wasn't really much that he was saying or doing. It was just yes, I'm making money off Coke and that 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 and then he <laughs> still kinda bring up his past. But it reached a point where it's like, all right, well, I know I can't be doing this thing all my life. I can't be being, I can't be one note when it comes to like my lyrics now. So let me step out and really talk about the life of being a rapper. Now. And that's what, uh, to me, it kind of started off with deeper and rapping. And it just kind of got better with Teflon done and then his other albums going forward. Um, but yeah, I just felt that he has gotten better recently just because he kind of, Realize he can't just be talking about co crap all the time because yeah we can we could kind of call him out on that. Um, last things yeah, I just had to say though before I forget um, the album that he brought out afterwards, which is God forgives I don't. This was a kind of a dud for me, boy. Nah, um, that has some dope tracks on like the the only okay so the one song I really liked from it was um so sophisticated like that was real good though, but I felt that. Hold me back was kind of ridiculous, especially the chorus. Nah, that was shit. Oh gosh, oh gosh. The, 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 the guy, the guy clearly sounded like he was out of breath though. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when they reach like Dice Pineapples, which is like near the end of the album, I just like fall asleep. Like, swear to God, I just fall asleep. Dread. I don't know. I think it's because you had Omarion and then Usher and then you jumping into Wally and Drake. I just fall asleep, right? right? But then when Ten Jesus pieces come up, boy, that one is wake up. That's like mm-hmm. one of my favorite tracks of the album, though. But yeah, so if but so long story short, I have this kind of love relationship with his music, though. But he is there; he's still relevant, and like I say, he has gotten better. Um, I find that well, I actually felt that his last couple of albums were pretty good, not great, but pretty decent as well, now. But not much more I could say. So, uh, do boy, your your history with Rosie? Well, I was one of the first set of people um, to grab. Buy Porter Miami. Then like I went and purchased the album as a drum. Because the dude was saying something that I would like to hear. That was no. A Tina time uh, everybody was flashy and talking about shoes and shit. You know, <laughs> yeah, I needed some some cool crap in my life. So and that was right around the time when trap was now building up. Yes, and the old, yeah. old OG trap heads um, still trying to find the song. So this was dude was doing the Port of Miami was yeah okay okay yeah I mean uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. but 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 hustling though I mean come on yeah yeah 
then Trilla came out and disappoint the hell out of me. That, that was the fall from grace to me. I ain't listen to that album from he till God forgives. That was Longbeard's Christmas album. Right. And after God forgives, I, saw, I realized, like, okay, he done with the booty shit. He back online. And all the albums them that are fine coming out after that, he running. Right. And as I said, the man might not be, be the best lyricist, but he's the most improved. Yeah. Yeah, by yeah, you can see the man getting better. Yes, yes, that that much I could agree on. He does, and, he, he does, he has shown growth as a as an artist. No denying that. And one thing I could, uh, I uh, would applaud about he is he know how to pick beats because it are great rappers that has picked booty ass beats. Nas is one. Nas yeah, yeah, we, I, I, I can agree with that. I can attest to that. I can attest to that. <laughs> Nas has, has been notorious for that. Yeah, Gross could pick beats. He could when he's in the studio and pick out a hit. Yeah, and he's always picked like these real cinematic kind of lavish kind of beats though, and he's just flowing them well, you know? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Ricardo, yeah, Ricardo, your 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 thoughts, your history with, with um with Rosie. Yeah, it's it's again not not the biggest fan, but it's one of these people that stay in my consciousness. Um, for me, the Maybach music tracks is the you know you keep waiting for the other one. Yes. Um, mm. Well, there, there's there's a track on this album that is my favorite track of his of his of all. And I think um, I know what that, it is. That is probably one of my favorites. Yeah. But we'll get to that in a bit. But continue. <laughs> I don't know, but he, he it's he's a person that again he's like DJ Khaled, but with a little more talent, right? Um, he just know how to pick tracks. Always keeps his film in the light night. Um. You somehow, you somehow should hate these songs when you when he's in it. But then he'll do some great songs as well, like that that that, that song with um him and Skrillex for the comic book movie. Oh, for for Suicide Squad. Like, yeah, um, yeah, that that, yeah. that song is insane. It's a great track. And, yeah. yeah, and like that, like but, the song that you do for Jago too. Uh, oh, right, right, yeah, yes, like yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Good. I don't know. He's somebody that again is only because he get called out to be a bit of a fraud that kind of hurt him in my eyes a little bit. But uh, not a big deal in the grand scheme. So, um, yeah, he's, he's an artist. I don't love love, but you know, he's again one of those who just know how to say the line. Right? And you need you need a big, la- literally larger and life rappers um, to to be there to have the, the presence felt now. Because um, you don't really have any big fat rappers <laughs> in existence know, right? that yeah. way. So you I mean, take that going, big pun going, big so, pun, you know, fat Joe yeah. got slimmer. Well, actually, Yo. he got slimmer as well too. You know? Yeah, that one I gotta see. I didn't know this dude was being 300 pounds. Not a huge, yeah, he's big. Yeah. That, that walking hot stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, he's really big. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing I just want to say, well, quite recently, he made an appearance on both um, Empire and, um, well, a movie that um, I reviewed for BSB to me, which was um, Superfly, right? Um, right, right. So, you know, it looks like, you know, he is trying to branch up, but luckily he's just in small roles now. Not expecting him to be like headline in some some movie anytime soon or no, no dmx shit. No, no 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 dmx stuff no no none of that that that's, that's like the last we want though to be honest right so now we we focus in on the fourth album from him which is teflon done um this came out yeah. july 20th 2010 offices me back music label um and this one well a lot of people actually claim that this is his best work 
Uh, right. I would say right off the bat, I could kind of agree, but you know, that's just nah. that, that I just said it in terms of mm. music that I like from songs that I like from. You know, it's not like a, a diehard fan from it to say, yes, this yeah. is the best thing that he's ever done. I can't say that for sure, you know, honestly, right? Um, and as the title suggests, no, this is not a reference, it is a reference to John Gotti, but. Um, this is another thing I'll talk about now, you know, his his whole, like, crime, you know, his whole gangster talk, basically, right? So, kicking off the, the album is um, I'm Not A Star. I remember there was a little music video for it. They used to have it on MTV Jams. It wasn't really big and all that. But I remember it being remade or remixed, kind of, in Lil Wayne's Carter 4 as John. Um, I love Justice League's beat here. Justice League's beat here, sorry. It has this kind of dark cinematic feel to it. That dun, 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 dun. like to me, this is like the entrance music. Like if Rick Ross is in his own movie, <laughs> like this yeah. is like the entrance music. The him driving the Aston Martin. I just hear it. I mean, um, but I love the energy that Rick puts into this song here. It, you know, is very ferocious in it. And he does have some memorable bars here. Like, I like what he says out, like in the intro. I'm not a star, somebody lied. I got a pistol in the car, a 45. If I die today, remember me like John Lennon. Buried in Louis, I'm talking all brown linen. Oh, and all of my bitches tattoo my my logo on the titty, which is like, ew. Put a statue of a mm-hmm. nigga in the middle of the city. Load up the, cho- load up the choppers like it's December 31st. Roll up and cock it and hit them niggas where it hurts. Tool on my partner yeah. to help, and help them crackers get, give them titty. I told him I got it. Therefore, I got to do your duty. Like, just the yeah. the energy of it, you know what I mean? Um, and just last thing I want to say, the I'm not a star refrain, it's not like him being modest or anything like that. It's far from modest. But it's more like, I still have one foot in the dope game, quote-unquote, <laughs> and one in the music business, basically. So it's like, don't look at me like I'm some kind of big superstar or some hero or something. So I... I do him a dirt, you know, by making money anyway. So for me, this is like a great way to, to kick off the album. Uh, Ricardo, your thoughts on I'm Not a Star? Yeah, yeah, it's a little opening track. Uh, um, I remember the video for this being kind of typical yeah, Rick Ross video. Yeah, kind of typical. Um, right, but yeah, it's a solid opening track. As I say, it's the, it's the movie it's the movie track. That's a good analogy you used there. Um, uh, nothing to write home about, um, in my opinion, but... The thing with it is that it is one of those well you're not supposed to think about it too much because it's just the opening to start to start you off. If right. you if you understand my point. That's right. how I just think of it. It's just flow, start you off, and then you move on. But it's not something that people will be like, Wait boy, that's the track they could be bumping. Yeah. It's yeah. just an album. It's again the album structure, design type you know, call now. Right. Like, like, like this is not Detroit State of Mine or back in the days mm-hmm. or something like that. This is just so, the start of the album, that's all there is. Uh, yeah. no boy, your, your thoughts on I'm not a star? Uh, this is the proper way for across the start of the start of our album. It's just a smack in somebody's face, like, yeah. Uh, hard beats, drug flow, yeah. Mm-hmm. They like totally, they, they real Miami music, they like right. tough flow. Riding in your Chevy, top off, car is topping. Let anybody know that how you're selling boogers. So, it is suit, it suit Ross. This track suit Ross. Ross yes. did a good track. Yeah. Um. Okay. So moving along now to Ricardo's and my 
one of our favorite. Well, I, I know this is the one you was talking about, Ricardo, but yeah, this is one of our yeah. all time favorite Rick Ross songs, Free Jason. <laughs> I love, yeah. love, love, love the beat for this. It's so soulful, yeah. but it has this kind of triumphant kind of beat to like you just overcome everything and you just on top of this mountain. Now. Uh, it does yeah. have a kind of early kind of kind you feel it, but that's a compliment. Yeah. Trust me, it's a cap as a compliment. Um, speaking of Kanye, um, John Legend is there. He provides some really nice, soulful vocals on the track. I love what he does in the final yeah. verse. His, his contribution to that track, love it. Um, Jay-Z, though, his second verse, brilliant. Yes. I love that. Oh. I love how he flipped the whole conspiracy theories. Because if you remember, like, in the, that, like from the mid-2000s, exactly. up, this is whole, like, yeah. oh, Jay-Z's with the devil and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So I love how he just flipped all that now and just more or less talking about yeah, he just credited his, his success to God or at least so, another higher power, uh, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rick yeah. Ross, I thought that his verse, like, his first verse, though, brilliant. I love it. Like, some of the best, like, lyrics he's ever written, in my opinion. I love how he flips the whole Freemason philosophy as a metaphor for his success yeah. in the rap game now. Um, right. Like, success of the whole Mason, the whole Mason, um, Freemasonry stuff. Um, just a little segue here. Apathy. Underground rapper, one of the best in the game, put out an album this yeah. year called The Widow's Son. This is more of him yeah. kind of focusing on that whole Freemason stuff. Not too much of it, but it's a major part of that album. It's one of the best albums of 2018. Listen to that shit, right? But if you want to kind of understand the whole Freemason stuff a little bit more, I um, strongly suggest you, you dig into that. Because, yeah, there was always like this kind of like notion that Freemasonry was like devil based and it was all the you know, with the pyramid and all that kind of stuff. It was it's, evil, you know what I mean? What right. It's one of those things that was super popular in the, in the 60s and 70s. And why people didn't like it so much, obviously, for kind of obvious reasons, is it was very explicitly secretive. secular, right? Yes. Right. But, but, it was like it. I don't think it was particularly secretive. Because a lot of people who was open Freemasons back in the sixties and seventies. Um, but why? No, so you don't know what it does. They just know that okay, he's a Mason. They go to this place and right. Most it, but to me, most it is no different from when somebody don't know what Catholics do or, or <laughs> the, the details of what 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 a particular religion is do. When you get higher, high enough, no. And yeah. that's how I think about it. Um, but it's not. It wasn't like atheistic, but it was explicitly secular. That is what it did. Um, and for them to subvert it in this way, that is what was really interesting because it's like, yeah, Jesus is not a Mason, and he has a great line in it. No? Um, he said, um, the, the line, my favorite line, Jesus has is, he said, um, I said I was amazing, not that I'm amazing, not that I'm a Mason. It's amazing that I made out, made out, made it out of the maze I was in. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. That flows so perfectly. And then again with Jeff, with um. With with Rick Ross, the point of um, the I JFK, I joined forces with the Kings. Love that I line. Love that line. Um, love that line. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And it it flows well in terms of like the, you know if you want to get into quote unquote real history of masonry, a lot of it to do it is to do it with with slave power. It's people who had actual knowledge but not royalty, no. And it's that control of the will in that sense. Like, well, if I have real knowledge. Why would I have to listen to some royalty people? And it ended up being a big race thing as well. There's a lot of black people who's part of this, right? Unfortunately, uh, that, for better or for worse, and it does it, it get into that whole back back and forth now. Yeah. Um, it's a track I really like because again, it subverts the material so well now. You know, yes. it, especially when conspiracy theories very rife when the track came out. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Doboy, your your thoughts on Freemason? Do you love this um, song as much as we do, or is it like, eh, it's nice, but... It's a cool song, eh? Me, I like it as much as... I like, extra, extra like this. I like... 
it's how it's how clever it is that how like it is how it subvert the subvert the um the Freemason stuff now. Oh, they flip it. Yeah, I love how they flip it. Yeah, I love how they flip it. But like, as Ricardo was saying, in in how people were perceiving the whole masonry stuff at the time, like yeah, they drink blood and yeah, <laughs> they drink blood yeah. and they do this and they sacrifice children and yo yo, I like. Mason, Masons them are just people that admit that how they had the seek knowledge to build to build on. Hence Mason. Right. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, that's pretty yeah. much it. And it, it's what it is, it's it's a big debunking of because a lot of it is just to do it subverting royalty and because royalty was so tied up with the church, it ended up subverting the church as well. Like if you just go back. That's all it is. Like it's just a bunch of guys who just Oh, share knowledge, share knowledge, share knowledge. Right, like, and it's like, oh, a lot of this that we, we thought that was important is actually not that important. A lot of these people who think they, they market, market themselves as important, not that important, and we try to subvert that with power. That's right. it. Uh, exactly. But, you know, it's, it's, it's nice, nice for all the models for a lot of people, so that's a big thing. But in the context of modern conspiracy theories, it the track works so well now. And again, yeah. because I was so annoyed of... My, my rule of thumb is that if somebody accuses you with conspiracy theories, that is media doing something right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, like I was, a, I was a big fan of Jay Z in that sense. It's like, yeah, Jay Z actually really smart and is actually making intelligent decisions as a person, and this is not just as a rapper, just as a businessman in general. And to, to, to hear all these insane conspiracy theories come out of the woodwork, it's like, all right, Jay Z doing something right, mm-hmm. and then for him to take a track itself and spin it in the face makes it work even better for me. Now, just on my body track, just other than the track being an excellent track on its own, um, I just really, really like this track on, on that level. Now. Right, but. Again, the story, the storyline behind it was uh, dope, and the production. Who produces Incredibles? Yeah, the Incredibles. <laughs> right. Yeah, them should be to do some more tracks. This track real soulful. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. Right. So next track we have is Tears of Joy. Um, this is his introspective track. Uh, where he looks at his um looks at his success and he's crying tears of joy. He's like. What did I do to deserve this? He says that a lot, right? Um, no ID is here. Um, he provides this moody piano-driven beat. Um, Silo's, I, I love Silo's um, chorus here. It's very powerful, very soulful. It kind of yeah. just elevate the song from this kind of, you know, it just elevate the song to like this emotional height. Now, you know, I didn't even remember what was on this album. Um, unlike I'm Not A Star, he sounds incredibly humble and modest. Even though he does slip into some braggadocious stuff here or there. Like you talk about Biggie Smalls in the flesh living life after my death. Which is like, ah ha ha ha, I see what you did there. Um, mm-hmm. Yesterday yeah. I read my horoscope. Tell me Lord, will I be poor and broke? Tell me Lord, will I be dealing dope? Um, crib bigger than a church. Lord knows I'm blessed. Five different lawyers. Lord knows I'm stressed. You know, it's that kind of stuff there. But he does sound modest and humble here, you know. So... I kind of like the song. It's not perfect, but I, I like it. I like the sentiment of it. It's very soulful. It's very introspective. And when expect, I kind of forgot that there was stuff like material like this was on this album, though. So, yeah, I, I yeah. like the song. Uh, no boy, your thoughts on Tears of Joy? Um, this to me is a fat boy. Okay, wow. This is actually a fat track to me. It's a little too okay. long. I mean, the, the track is like about five minutes, huh? so. Yeah, now I tell that how it's too too long. It just it had like three tracks like this fall in. 
Right. It didn't need all of this. <laughs> and this track to me is the weakest out of the tree now. Okay, okay. So, not that how it asks or anything. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we but, understand, yeah. Yeah. Right. It just that how, if I was, if I had to cut, this track would have go. All right. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, Ricardo, your thoughts on on this track? Right. I, for me, this uh, we were talking about album structure, and you know, you know, I when I got the album, uh, got this album. Just I don't know when I get this album for the first time. I got this album in like 2013 or something like that. Um, when when this album came out, 2000 what? 10, 12, 10, 10, 10. Yeah, 10. But in terms of album, in terms of just album structure, I remember. Always knowing Freemason was the track, and I listened to that. And then this, to me, this followed up perfectly after Freemason. There was right. a tone and approach, and and that's the vibe of everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, again, the soul thing. So, like you, like I, I can understand if you're saying it's a it's a it's a, a fat track, but to me, it flows perfectly well from Freemason. Yeah, I say now how it it, it do flows perfectly, though, but it had like right. three emotional tracks uh, one after the other. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that. But yeah, I actually really like this track simply because of how it, it's structured in the album and where it comes in. Um, so it, it just flows through. Well, but need I, that break, you need a breakdown after I'm not a standard, so they can't slow it down. But right, it as I say, it too much emotion, emotional stuff. They don't. It's an song ambitious you now. Okay, oh yeah, okay. understand, I understand me. Understand me. Compared to what but you'd I, expect from him, well, I'll, I'll talk about this in the end. But continue. Yeah, but I, I didn't. I didn't really get that from it. I, to me, it was just flowing really, really well. And again, because I mostly listen to albums when I'm jogging or walking, it was just a, a right, a right silent beat for me. I actually really like this track. And again, CeeLo, big fan. Um, it yeah, yeah, was yeah. fit perfectly. He just, he just fit like a nice Lego piece, just coming perfectly in the, in the style now. Mm-hmm. So that's how I, I feel it. Okay, cool. All right. So next track we have is Maybach Music Three, <laughs> featuring Erica Badu, Ti, and Chidicus. Uh, Justin right. League uses now I, I, for the life of me I don't know the sample but it's the one that DJ Premier used off of the It's All Real beat for Pitch Black um, there was yeah. a video for it on BT I love that song I love it I, I love it I love that it. album but I thought like I thought me like, and I, my best friend is the only two people that own that album <laughs> I, I actually like that Pitch Black album though. And to this day, I always wonder whatever happened to that group though. I always thought It's All Real was so dread though. You know it was mean? coming out with a second album. Um, One person get locked up, I think that Devious. Right. Um, The fella that is Mosef cousin, he started doing Mosef thingies. And the rest of the group just fall apart. Wow. Okay. That sucks. But basically, the sample is like what they use with the violins and that. Right? So you hear it over this really grandiose, very cinematic beat that Justice League does, though. Um, I felt that T.I. starts of the strong, like really strong, strongly. Um, I felt that Erica Badu's hook could have been a little bit stronger, though. And while Judicus's second verse was decent, I felt it could have been a little bit longer than uh, just as long as Ti's own. I felt that Ti right. just like wrap his ass off, and Judicus just kind of get like probably two thirds of the length of time yeah. that Ti get there. Um, and I was like real loving the the kind of heavenly kind of feel to the beat, but then it kind of switches to a more dramatic kind of climatic song. Ross comes in, and it's not that I don't mind it, but I, I really would have loved to hear Ross rap over the first half of the beat now 
But then when it switches, it's like something a little bit different. I mean, Ross is doing this thing. He sounds great here. But I just wish I could have heard, um, hear him rap over the first half now. And then it kind of gradually goes into the to the climatic section of the of the beat, though. Other than that, though, yeah. um, it's not a perfect track, but I do praise the ambition that put into it. It really does feel like this is like end credit music now, and I really did yeah. love the string section of it. It has this kind mm-hmm. of like Terence Blanchard kind of Spike Lee joint kind of feel to it now. So praise the ambition. It's not perfect, but I kind of dig it. Yeah, I, I loved Ti's energy in this. Um, Jada Kiss did feel like he was phoning it in, but you know, phoned in Jada Kiss is still great, so yeah, that was not yeah. a big problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, there's a track. Is that track I don't love, love, but yeah, is that, I, I thought I would be like, oh, it's another made back music track, great. It's number three, and I thought, oh shit, Ti and Jada Kiss on this one, I was really hyped for it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, moved by this, to, like just be like, wow, just go right. crazy and, off of this, though. but yeah. and the beat I, I does it, the, but it's just lyrically, lyrically. Sorry, I wish that the lyrics could have. More or less um, supported the beat, kind of held up. Right, a beat, to, yeah, compared to what previous me music with Jay Z, which is a big, big, bigger track for me. Um, this yeah. this wasn't as great, but still solid. Right, uh, Doboy, your thoughts on me music three? I I like this one. I like this one. Um, Justice League again, top class producers. Yep, yep, yep. Um, the string section in that song, way, jeez, way. You know them lay that down the self that rock playing playing on the keys? Serious. Right. Yeah. I thought they like get an orchestra to do this for them or something. Or something. Like they, they went all Kanye West and get like a full orchestra to do this song for them now. Yeah, so like the whole thing the whole song feels good with Eric Abadu on the hook. I thought she had a song out of place on it. Didn't Feels nice with with track. Ti doing normal, yeah. So, so king shit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm the king of the south. Remember that, right? Kiss do do he bars thing, and Ross. I like the switch up at the beat to the end when Ross coming in, mm. and again there good track, good fusion. It work with people that wouldn't really think should be on a track together yeah like for me this is something that um that uh just blaze with a do you know he loves these kind of cinematic ending credits kind of kind of music now but just really do a great job I'll, I'll give them that right so next right. track we have is live fast die young this is a collab with Kanye west um right he sings on the hook that they go be banging and shit for the rest of our lives I not too sure about that, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, not that the yeah. song is bad or anything like that. Um, I mean, it they run... they write a wrong when you know they before you start to go crazy. This this is like <laughs> this is like when this is before my beautiful dark twisted fantasy actually, which is kind of amazing. Right. Um. Yeah. But for me though, they, like this heartbreak, Kanye. Yeah, yeah. But for me, this this kind of runs a little bit long. Like it this it didn't need to be six minutes. We didn't need this instrumental interlude before Ross third verse. Uh, but anyway, but you could tell that Ross and Kanye, especially Kanye, so they're just having fun on this track. Don't mind it's just all bragging and flossing and oh, I fuck three bitches. And Ross talking about I donated a hundred grand to Haitian kids after the earthquake. <laughs> but in other words, it is really celebrating life that we all wish that we lived deep down inside. So it's shallow, but Kanye's beat, which kind of sounds like a leftover from graduation, to be honest, does have that kind of feel. It's bouncy it's light-hearted and you know you could tell that they were having fun so 
not a bad track but uh one thing though i just have to make mention that that last line in ross first first though kind of creepy though where he says she came to party like it's 1999 if she died on my dick she would live through my life she would live through my rhymes um right kind of <laughs> on some dark territory there by ross but like like trying to choke yeah. choke the bitch out like what's going on here? i don't know but <laughs> yeah not not a bad track but not a favorite of mine uh do boy your thoughts on live live fast that young too damn long i know too right? damn long too yeah too damn long boy too damn long i'm gonna do that in three minutes boy. yes <laughs> totally agree i'm gonna do that in three minutes but and uh it's that okay yeah i feel like i feel like we need we need some other tracks yeah i feel like yeah uh ricardo your, your thoughts on on this track here yeah, it's like, slightly disappointed in this because oh, yeah, I saw Kanye West's name on it. I remember by the time I listened to the album, I was like, okay, hype for it, and then eh, it wasn't so good. Again, yeah. you're, you're right. Probably the length is what, what held it back a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like a good track. Not brilliant, but yeah, it, it, in retrospect, it is skip, skippable. So. Right. Okay, so next track we have is uh, Super High featuring Neo. Um, right off the gate, um, the breezy laid back kind of black exploitation has kind of beat makes for some great daytime riding music um neo's vocals fit me snugly i love his, his hook and his contribution to the tune was actually um i like how ross approaches the beat in this upbeat slightly relaxed manner uh, he does he does justice to the beat of, of to the beat itself really laid back as well and for the most part he succeeds though even though for a few lines i wish that he could have reworked like i really didn't like the the second verse where he says i want to buy my bitch every bag and she ain't ever 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 gonna take him back and he says it like it, he opens and closes his second verse like that and i'm like really bro like twice in the same verse like come on <laughs> ever 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 like come on man anyway um overall this is a nice track i mean i enjoyed more than the, the previous track i'll say that much and i actually remember enjoying the music video for this like the music video was on every rotation and i actually remember really liking the video though really really pleasant you know what i mean so that's all i have to say about super high uh ricardo your thoughts on super high yeah again nothing nothing to write home about um good track um yeah there's one of those that i've you know almost everything up, up until this point or after this is kind of skippable frankly uh but uh i remember yes again it's a jogging track but yeah that's kind of two note at this point yeah. uh it's one of those so i can't, can't really write it. i can't really can't say anything about it because it's one of these tracks i really don't revisit at all understood understood um doughboy your thoughts on super um super high Super high is just what it is. Super high and like opening a seal bag or cush and just taking a deep breath in beat <laughs> cracking cracking do justice on this beat the beat mm. relaxing. Yep, it, relaxing. It's just like yeah, just like smoking and relaxing and being super high. Yeah. Alright, so the next track we have is number one and this to me. Oh, yes, the worst track on this album. Um, the only person yeah. who feel like he belong in this track by is Trey Songz. No, 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 no. Trey Songz, Dred. I'll talk about Diddy in a bit. The, <laughs> the, 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 the club beat for this is like real bouncy. This is like right up Trey Songz already. already. He's doing like these real shallow, basic club songs anyway, right? But it's a shame that a man like Diddy, who's real push himself to do club songs on his... You know, uh, it, it is like solo and collab work, right? 
come true like this week first way with and I'm like I was hearing this and I was like I was just ruling my eyes right? like this is what this guy says <laughs> first want to write a check in the earthquake same motherfucker that'll make the earth shake blowing money only way to make the earth spin your girlfriend caught up in my whirlwind used to move white yeah. girl out in Maryland no my girlfriend blonde like Marilyn bruh yeah R- really yeah, did yet. Dog, dog Biggie could have write a better verse than this shit come on um, uh, did, Rick Ross try he real try on this way he threw some braggadocious bars here and there but sorry this is not a good fit for him so this is like the the, the skippable mm. track for me Jared. this didn't work did he, did he aim right he verse and all trusting the writers um... yeah but dog whoever goes right that 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 that, that, that Ross by Ross, Ross and that Ross something dude you, you, you didn't move white girl in Maryland come on <laughs> But anyway, um, no way. You you talk to number one. This is booty. Straight out of This is booty. This did not need to happen. No. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. This no. did not need to happen. Them could have, they could have find some other track. These these three could have find something else to do other than this track, Daddy. This track. Yeah, this track don't, don't work at all. Yeah, anything else you have to say about it, Ricardo, apart from that? Yeah, yeah, uh, just, it's, it don't really work for me. Um, I remember this, it's like, oh, did he? Okay, all right, well, you, you ain't gonna really add anything to this because, well, you did he at this point, <laughs> you know? Um, but, yeah, yeah, you're right about the Trey Song thing, is that because, well, I don't know, at the time I didn't know who Trey Song was, I was like, okay, there's a person. I didn't research <laughs> on him. But, um, I, it, yeah, it's a, it, I don't think, it, I don't hate it as much as, as you all seem to, but it, it just there for me, right? That's just there in the background, apparently. All right, so yeah. next track we have, boys, MC Hammer, which doesn't Woo! feature MC Hammer, but it has Gucci Mane right. in it, though. And here's the thing, right? This is yeah. this is trash, but this is my kind of trash, right? <laughs> this is what I felt was missing from Teflon done so far, but we needed we needed the the, the trashy coke rap songs, right? And this is it, right? <laughs> Um, and the exactly. theme of oh, the God. topic is just so dumb like you comparing yourself to MC Hammer but dog that Lex Luger beat though trunk looking and when I say this song is dumb I mean dumb I like hey the chorus my gun dirty my brick clean I'm riding dirty my dick clean she talk dirty but I'm all clean bitch I'm MC Hammer I'm about cream like he has a line where he says my baddest bitch is Latin but they call me loco till I fuck him in the ass out in Acapulco but dog I will not lie I was entertained by this shit um not even Gucci means verse right which I didn't really find was was that big but I don't know for me I just still baffle at how this man still relevant in terms of like like you could like young trap and drill rappers somehow kinda like to listen to Gucci mean for example but anyway right but he might have a line where he says blowing up blowing up blowing up blowing up I'm like MC Hammer I put this on my grammar but anyway nah. all in all this is my kind of trash I like this track uh no boy your track your, your thoughts <laughs> on MC Hammer Gucci can do the wrong in my book <laughs> uh, big chap fan he had OJ Juice man is probably my favorite two trappers Right. <laughs> so Gucci, Gucci 
Gucci had a good spot on this track. The beat was well, that Luca beat. Yeah. Ross, no, really reading the lyrics, it's kind of dumb, but, <laughs> right, but, but, it, but it's, it's good dumb. It's entertaining it, dumb. It's entertaining dumb. It, yeah. It's entertaining dumb. When, when we lose any the car and play this, we just wild it out to this track. Being normal dummies, but no, reading, reading the lyrics and like, yo, this is... This don't make sense. Okay, right. <laughs> uh, Ricardo, but, you, 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 sorry, go ahead. Uh, but it still bangs out, still play it anyhow. I was, when I was listening over the album, I was bucking to it. Mm. Me, Good trap. Um, Ricardo, your, your, your thoughts on MC Hammer? Yeah, yeah. I, I, exactly what all you say, you know, the whole trash, or the, your kind of trash. I mean, I... Uh, the, the track just flows to me. I was like, yeah, this is bumping and ticking, but I, again, I'm not a big trap fan. But I could see why people was into this one. Um, yeah, it's a good track. And yeah, again, Gucci Mane is you. Uh, you say, okay, well, Gucci Mane can do some wrong in my book. What? He was a he totally added track and fit in the, the style of track for me perfectly. So he, he I, does, yeah, yeah, I really yeah, like it. Right. Yeah. Okay. And now for the best track on this whole album. One of my, if I had like a top five list <laughs> of Rick Ross songs, this would be there for sure. Uh, BMF blowing money fast featuring Styles P. Right. I mean, my life right. is like LMC, which is losing money considerably, but like, I was never <laughs> able to attain the level of BMF. One day I will, maybe one day, but I don't know. But, dog, this is like the standout cut on this album trend. The beat alone, like yeah. Suga's beat, sounds more lavish, more menacing than MC Hammer. Those thumbs, boys, like, ugh, shattering, it's like, doom, doom. Doom, you know what I mean? The production that on point. That, that, that sub kick. Yeah, well, because that, of that normal kick, and then that doom, 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 doom. 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 Um, I remember the chorus when when this when this track came out, being incredibly popular with the keyboard, right? But I re- I had a, I knew a lot of people had no idea who Big Meech is. Or Larry Hoover. Or Larry Hoover, right? So for those who don't know. Big Meech or Demetrius Flannery was the founder of the Black Mafia family or BMF. And Larry Hoover is a reputed leader of the Gangster Disciples gang in Chicago, right? But the chorus yeah. was just catchy as fuck. You didn't even care. So everybody was like, I think I'm Big Meech. Larry Hoover, Larry right? Hoover. The funniest thing about this track is that how Ross gets in trouble real gang men for this. Because that, that's it's, surprise, um, actually. The GDs them were saying that how he paid them to use Hoover name, Hoover in jail. Right. So he, he, he need to pay taxes to, to be saying how to call out the, the boss name. Right, right, right. What? Well, the, the part no fly on here on, in Chicago. Oh, wow. Did not know yeah. that. Wow. Um, so, look, there are so much quote. There are quotables galore on this track, right? One of my favorite lines from, from Rosie. Rose, that's my nickname. Cocaine okay. running in my big vein. I love those two bars. I love that. <laughs> um, self-made, you just affiliated. I built it ground up. You bought it renovated. Um, I got that Archie bunk, uh, and it's so <laughs> white, I just might charge it double. Um, and then, <laughs> of course, we had Styles P. It has one of Styles P's most memorable bars ever. Did I mention Guns from Red Dead Redemption? Nine mils, okay. fifty clip extensions. 
Dude, who references like who before who 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 before Stelsby ever referenced Red Dead Redemption? Nobody did. And he make it sound so gangster, Jed. So gangster. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's well, the best track on the album. One of the best Rick Ross songs ever recorded. I love this track. Uh, Ricardo, yeah, so, anything yeah, you have fully, to say about BMF? Oh so, yeah. But, yeah, fully agree. Um this is probably well it's not my favorite on the album, but it is pretty high up. Um, yeah, you know, again, ga- you know, we call him um, Styles P. So gangster that just knowing himself makes him affiliated. So yeah. he he really fits on this, even though like tonally it doesn't feel like Styles P for me, especially with the video. Right. Um, but yeah, there's a great track. It's a it's a track, really strong track for me um, overall. Uh, and again, many many quotables, but it's not something. I, I, it's a track I kind of forgot. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, this was on the album and Styles P was on this album. I forgot for that while. But yeah, great track. Love this track. Right. Uh, no way. Anything else you have to say about this track? This was the shit. I know, <laughs> right? I know, right? <laughs> this had to be everywhere that we go. This had to be thumping somewhere and we went buck because that beat just is still playing now, mood. Yeah, boy. Uh, that that beat is like, 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 I don't know, fire and brimstone. Like, dumb, dumb. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's seen, right? And then, like, and all of you just listen to me, you're waiting for that drop and Ross Miller. These motherfuckers hate me because I'm icy. Yeah, like, yeah. Yes, preach. <laughs> preach. So, like, this is, like, one of Ross's best tracks ever. Yeah, handsome, handsome. Handsome. Right. And it was, it come out at the right moment at the right time. Yes, yes. Yeah. Right. Now, speaking of best Rick Ross songs, this right here is one of the most accessible of his tailor made for radio songs. Aston yeah. Martin Music, oh. featuring yep. the former RMB Chrisette Michelle. She's my B at right. that point in time, but you know. And Juicy Drake himself. Uh, yeah. Justice League's, sorry, Justice League's beat is so smooth. It's so satisfying, Jay. It's like almost like you just picture yourself. You don't call Justice League beats smooth. Lush. lush. It's lush. It's lush. lush. It's lush. (laughs) Like, dude, every time I hear this song, I just feel like I in an Aston Martin car, AC on. I drive it along a street to my right is like a Miami beach shit in the daytime. That's just how it feels, (laughs) right? Ross sounds fantastic over this beat. And basically, it's just him dedicating his song to his ride or die chick. This is like the ride or die chick anthem, basically. Um, I love the hook that my former RMBB, Christian Michelle, provides here. And I like how Drake compliments her with this moody kind of post hook, right? Which somehow manages to fit with the upbeat, upbeat vibe of the song here. It's a shame, though, that the album version does not have Drake's first, his um, third verse. Because I always felt like it was great that he got a chance to, to rap over this beat now. And not just be typecast or as, oh, you the crooner, you just the guy who sings here. You know what I mean? I thought he had yeah. a great third verse, but unfortunately, it's not on the album version here. But all in all, yeah, one of Russ's best songs. And yeah, one of his easily his most accessible songs to date. Uh, Ricardo, your thoughts on Aston Martin music? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, the, uh, next up, perfect radio track. Um, I remember when this came out, and I was like, "Yeah, this is a great radio track." Um, loved it. Again, I didn't know Chris and Michelle at the time, but he was like, "Yeah, she had a great hook." Um, Drake, you know, is Drake, you know. Yeah, what did I have to do? 
that's the flat, the flat, the flat um, standard and quality that you're going to get from Drake because that's yep. how he makes that, the money. That, that's how he makes the money. Uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's a solid, solid radio track, solid club song. You can't go wrong with it. Uh, but nothing to write home about because again, it's a track that I forgot within less than a year. You know, compared to to other tracks on this album. True. Yeah, understood. Uh, your your thoughts on Asimata music? Um, it's a viable track. A little too commercial for me, but. Right. He needed he need that that Ross. So yeah. that you have new that you push him for. Drake on it being Drakey. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that Michelle on the she actually did a good job on the hook. Yeah. Yeah. Um as I say, it's a little too commercial for me, but I could see see its place on the album and it and it needed and need need fit. Right. Right. Right, and now, last but not least, we get to the final track, which is All the Money in the World, featuring Raphael Sadiq. Not to be confused with the movie of the same name where people was like, fuck you, Kevin Spacey, and they kick him out, and Christopher Plummer <laughs> came in, and he got the Oscar nomination. No, not that, right? So here, Ross is more or less reflecting on his past, you know, when he talks about his, his father who passed away, his ailing mother at the time, um, the present, with, in terms of him having money, but he's seen his friends more or less die or you know people that he know die from gun violence or kids and whatnot and his future basically will he have enough to you know you know sustain his family you know he wants kids you know and you know can he provide for them now um it's sentimental and to me it's like a kind of nice issue to end the album although yeah kind of kind of fucks things up with the song chorus the la 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 it's like Ugh. right mm-hmm. and i imagine this could be a two-door for some rick ross heads there but um, I like that Ross spares a couple of minutes for Raphael Sadiq to provide some fairly decent vocals, even though it's far from original. We talk about that time never felt so good, can't forget about you, and never would. You know, basic stuff, right? Reminiscent mm. stuff, right? Overall, it's not a bad way to close the album off. It could have been a lot stronger and emotionally driven, I mean, given the stuff that we got from the beginning of the album. But, I mean, it is what it is. So, nobody, your thoughts on all the money in the world? As a clue, I I really like this track. Um, perfect way to end off the album. With gay people are, are look at you from you as a person as a man. Your views, your things that you want to see in future and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, this one tears of joy should have been to me. That was say it had it, it had too much on the album. Now. It already have that one sentimental song that grasps people, which is this one to me. Other people might feel tears of joy, but for me, this is the perfect way to end off this the album. On on that note, for somebody to just say, okay, well, Ross is not not just this flamsy fat fat dude. He actually has some thought to. Yeah, he ha- he has a yeah. heart. He has a heart. Yeah, uh, Ricardo, your your thoughts on all the money in the world? Yeah, yeah, good track. Um, it not I don't I like it as much as you guys do, but it's it's a track that again perfect to end off the album. It cools off the album. I was like, I remember listening. Yeah. To it and I was like, oh yeah. And again, just listen to it over. I listened to it in a while now, so I was like, oh yeah, this was the last track on the album. It was a nice little nice little production from a production standpoint. It worked quite well now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that, that's how I just saw it. Um, yeah, pretty good track. Nothing, nothing to write home about, admittedly. But yeah, pretty damn good. Huh? Pretty damn good. But as you say, placement is a good way to cool off the album right. after. Yeah. 
All I be my fan top and only police and perfectly yeah, cool yeah. on the album. Okay, right. So uh, my my last word on the album though. Um, so I listen it again. I do understand why people say it's the best of his albums. Really, it's just because of how accessible it is, right? It's more commercial, more mainstream, which is not a bad thing, given you know Ross and his you know level of music, basically. Um, one thing though, and I'll just use a comparison to like Daytona from Pusha T that came out this year, right? I felt that he could have given us more of the coke rap, but I know he was going for this lavish stuff, more like the not so much about selling the drugs, but more like having money and you know driving fancy cars and all that kind of stuff that's clearly the approach to the album here when you name your album teflon dondo you know you kind of had a wonder um where's the where's the gangster shit here we getting all this kind of <laughs> like glamorized kind of stuff right and that's fine right but still i wish that he could have given us a little bit more of the griminess a little bit more of the coke rap but do it in a smart way like say how Pusha t's album was where basically it was just kind of Glamorizing it, yes, but more showing the dark side of it too. So it's like this, you know, showing the yin and yin and yang basically of that life, right? And you take whatever it is, uh, whatever you want, right? Um, but here is more like, yes, I have a lot of money and I'm glad to be here, and you know, and all that kind of stuff. But that's fine. But once again, you call the album Teflon, and we know you to to be associated with a certain style of rap. You know what I mean? So we kind of didn't get much of that, but you know. Thankfully, the, the production is so lavish and cinematic, you know, it kind of elevates his style a lot, though. And, you know, from there, you know, well, it kind of really best shows how Russ able to choose these 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 beats that like, more or less fits what it is he wants to see. You know, like, you you are right, um, though, but he does have a great ear for beats, and you, you see it on great display here on this album. Um, but the majority of the songs do work. There's a few that I really would go back to, like that number one track really wouldn't go to but go to that at all but yeah i mean there's much in this album to really like although i wouldn't go out of my way to see is the best album i heard from you know i wouldn't i can't see that because i'm not a big rick ross fan you know what i mean but for what it's worth i will still give this a very light four to five um i would still say you know give this one a listen it still holds up you know it still sounds good you know lyric wise you know ross has shown improvement here and you know i i felt that he's always gotten better with his other albums even though he kind of falls flat on with a couple of tracks here or there with his other stuff but still here as well as like you know it is more to me than everyday i'm hustling i could actually do you know big budget coke rap basically or big budget um glamour rap basically and that's what he does here that's how i see it more like a big budget version of his formula basically so yeah that's all i have to right. say on, on that album um your last thoughts on teflon don do boy yeah, this album is a good album. Um, it, I can't call it a classic. Um, I rather, if, if people who want to call our Cross album classic, uh, say the album that I dropped last year is a classic album. Um, that I rather need that than you. I find you that know, it's a classic album. You know, as you say, that, that was the one that I actually really enjoyed, though. I find a lot yeah. of people didn't really go back to it or really mention it like in the year ends this or whatnot. But yeah, I thought rather you than me was was great though. Like shockingly <clears throat> great though. Yeah, that to me that is his classic album. Right. This album it it good. It a uh, good Ross album. But he was still developing as an artist, one and two. And ain't a lot in ain't a lot of meat on this. 
and sense that how they could have do it out two or three more tracks. Right. right. Fatten up the album. Oh, oh the okay. Album. So you find you could have fattened it up, okay. Yeah, fatten up the album because alright, it have tracks that uh, that we know that you need and stuff, but as you say, being Teflon done, we need some gangster shit. Put more gangster shit on here. If yeah, he and, had and like balance it out, really. That's all. Yeah, yeah that's it. it. Don't take all the glammy stuff in there. Just balance it. That's all. Yeah, see all these sentimental tracks and things. Yeah, still keep that. Man. But um, sp- spread it. Spread it. Yeah. So yeah. people will see. Like, do it like ready to die. Ready to die. I had, had both. Yes. Uh, Ricardo, your last words on Teflon Dog. Uh, yeah, I get this album like a 6 out of 10. It have a couple of tracks that truly stands out. Really, really stands out. But overall, there's a, a couple of tracks I don't love all that much. But they're solid, solid tracks. And, you know, because Rick Ross is not the most brilliant, but he's just a more rappy version of DJ Khaled, it generally works quite well yeah. um, for me. Uh, but yeah, nothing, nothing, it's a, still the best of Rick Ross, in my opinion. Uh, this is the, I won't say height of his career or anything like that, but still pretty damn good to say, oh yeah, I could actually go back to this. Um, again, Freemason for me is just a, still a classic. I listen to that almost all the time. Um, but the, the, everything else is like, all right, well, you know, it's, our, it's, it's just an album I remember and enjoy, but not necessarily visiting it back as some kind of classic or anything like that, admittedly. Right, fair enough. I think it's really the, the fans who may call it a classic or the people who just were just amazed by how the sound of that album was back in 2010. And that's why I guess people define this thing as a classic. But. I don't know, I guess in due time, but um, I do think that Ross has potential to actually put out a classic album one of these days. Um, you know, well, rather you than me was, was, was great, in my opinion, as well, too, to boy. But, you know, I think he, he does have potential of actually putting out a great album. I mean, if Pusha if T could do it, and that's not to say that I was not a fan of Pusha T before, but I never thought that album-wise he could have put out a classic. And to me, D2 right. is like the best album of 2018 at the moment. At the moment, right? Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if um, Pusha could do it, then why not Ross? You know what I mean? So, who knows? We'll see. Mm-hmm. All right. So, with all that being said, Ricardo, where can we find you online, good sir? That's Apasat, R-M-E-D-D-Y on Twitter. This is at R-M-E-D-D-Y on Twitter. And then you could just type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook. You'll find me there. All right. Doughboy, where can we find you online? You can find me at Good Job Doughboy on Instagram. Alright, that's it. Okay. Yep. Um, you could also find me on Instagram, just look for Matthew Bailey Reviews. I'm also on Twitter, just look for Legally Black MGB, MGB a capital letters, and you can find me on Facebook, just look for my name, Matthew Bailey, along with a Legally Black blog, official fan base, where you find the link to this podcast here as well as the others that we've done over the past over the over the year actually I should say. And yeah, that's pretty much about it. So once again guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever this is. This was Matthew Bailey and Ricardo Medina. And Oh boy. And we are signing off from another episode of Retrospect Reviews. Until the next one, take care. Peace.